Hello, hello, and welcome back to Stuck with Taryn Arnold. I'm your host, Taryn Arnold. Uh, Stuck is a podcast about learning how to get unstuck in your life, and for the next little while, you are stuck with me. So hello, hi, we feeling cute today? You look cute. You got a little something. You got a little something going on. And you know, if you're looking to get a little something extra, maybe you want to buy a shirt. Maybe you want to buy a sweater. This is a podcast for you because today we're talking about money. Should you buy that shirt? I don't know. Today's episode is about money, personal finance, savings, investing, the whole bit. If that makes you roll your eyes or your skin kind of crawls or you get a little spooked, you're going to be okay because today we have on a very special guest. We're talking Forbes 30 under 30, folks. And his name is Tyler Palmer, and we're going to get him in a second. But first, I want to say, I just want to say a huge thanks. You know, I, I relaunched the pod. I'm feeling really good about it. I got one weird review because I didn't know how to pronounce a champagne, which I get. I do get that. I do seem like someone that would know, but I didn't. So I just want to, I want to say thank you for listening to me. I hope I give you what you're looking for. And if I do, would you be so kind and leave me an iTunes review? Because I heard that that does something with the podcast gods? Don't know. Only one way to find out. Let's get a little less stuck. Tyler, Tyler Palmer, how you doing? What's up, Taryn? How the heck are you? I'm so happy right now. Like, first of all, we're on Zoom so I can see his little baby face. Um, you just look, you look happy. I miss you. I, that's what happens when you talk to Taryn Arnold, you get happier. It just, oh, that's the way the world, that's the way the world works. So Let's do it. This is going to be so fun. Thanks for having me, Taryn. Uh, oh my God. Of course. If you're listeners, if you're wondering who's, who's beautiful little man voice that is, um, let me enlighten you. So today on today's episode, we're talking personal finance 101. Um, and I am so excited to be joined by Tyler Palmer. Let me tell you a little bit about Tyler. Tyler has done a whole hell of a lot in his quick 30 years of life which is probably why he was one of Forbes 30 under 30. I love saying it. I just always say it. Remember when you got it and we just kept saying it? Yeah, I, I think I remember that. <laughs> um, he he was Patreon's first employee and is still the VP of operations there. He's an advisor to startups, to startups and execs in the tech world. He's a real estate investor. He's a tech investor. He even had a small cameo in Glee. Uh, you might remember him from that. Wow, we're going there. Interesting. <laughs> Didn't know that was going to be a part of this. Okay, Taryn. That might be basically what the whole podcast is about, what that was like. Right. It, th this is going to, for the next hour, I don't know how long these things are, but it's going to be like me trying to give financial advice and like all of your followers are like, uh, like asking, <laughs> trying to get me to talk more about Glee. That's what the next hour is going to be. I'm just like, what, well, what was that like? Um, <laughs> yeah. The last thing I'll say about Tyler is after living and working together for years. There was there was a chunk of our lives where we were together 24-7. Like and we were, vacationing together. We would go to work and then go home and be together. And then we'd be like, do you guys want to go on vacation together? And we would. <laughs> and it was magic. And we still are going to do it. Once this pandemic goes away, we're going right back to it. And you know um, what? It never felt like too much time. Not even once. Oh my God. You're so nice, Tyler. Um, but what I was going to say is you know, of all this time spent with Tyler, there are a few things I know. One, he's an amazing friend. Two, he's the messiest roommate. Just so messy. Doesn't understand dishes. Doesn't understand just like, you know, the basic things. I don't do my part. That is real. <laughs> but he is the single best person, I believe, that will help you get your money life in check because he helped me. Um, even though he, I don't think he knew he was doing that. And now I feel a lot better with where I stand with money. So Join me, everyone, in welcoming Tyler Palmer. Thank you for that intro. I think you you nailed it. Like Tyler Palmer won't help you with your dishes, will help you get your finances in order. 
I love that's, that about that's got to be my new my new Twitter bio. I, I so, think some things happening... I just miss. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I think what happens for you is you spend so much time heavily thinking about certain things and then you just, you just check out. Does that make sense? 100%. I've been told this by current girlfriend, ex-girlfriends, sister, <laughs> mother, like anyone in my, and I, and you totally nailed it. There are some things I just want to think about so much and make sure that I have right. And that leaves like really limited bandwidth for some other things, uh, but that gets me into trouble and I need to work on that. As you can see, Tyler is a very thoughtful little guy. He's already in here just kind of thinking, and I wish you could see his little face because he is so, I say little with him so much. He's not even small. It's just like, that's how I see him in my heart. And I always call him like little guy. So that's what's happening here. Maybe it's like baby brother syndrome or something, right? (laughs) Like, I think that's how you view me. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you're older. Am I? Yeah, you are. Anyway, um, so before we hop into the money stuff, I thought let's let's kick it off with something new. I'm trying. We'll see if it's fun or not. I wanted to go with a little, you know those, you know those live, laugh, love signs. I'm putting my spin on it. Okay, and it's a love, learn, lost. So it gets a little darker as we go on. Um, on love, why don't you share with me something, Tyler, that you have been, you either just consumed and loved or something that you're currently consuming and loving? I just consumed uh, Obama's book, mm. the new one about his presidency, and I just ripped through it. I'm like on a reading tear these days. That's so and fun. It was so great to just see how he thought about these really complicated issues and, and tough calls that he had to make. And he really opens it up for you and says, hey, I was aware of these downsides and these trade-offs and here's what I was wrestling with. Um, everything from the financial crisis to Osama bin Laden to Syria. Um, so I just, I ripped through that and I thought he's just such an eloquent, wonderful writer. Would you, do you have any, I've never asked you this. Do you have any like possibility that you would want to run for president? Cause you kind of seem like someone that would be a good president. Well, you're, you're far too generous, far too kind. I don't, I don't have those aspirations at all. <laughs> Said like a true president. No, um, <laughs> something I'll, I'll go to. So you're not just talking, but one thing that I love is cult documentaries. Um, and we just ripped through the vow on HBO, which is about Nexium. Have you heard of Nexium? No. Can you okay, tell me a little bit? A whole other world. But the short that I will tell you is that it is like this hilarious pyramids it's not hilarious it's a very serious pyramid scheme that turned out to be like a sex cult as you got higher up to the top of the pyramid scheme but it brought in like all these famous actors actresses like people from smallville and all this stuff and cam and i were ripping through it uh we listened to like a seven-part podcast on it now then we listened to an or we watched a nine-part hbo show on it and now oh my we're on gosh. To like a sideshow that it's it's a lot but i highly recommend it it's called the vow on each now now you're reading blog articles with like four views you're just like so deep what i didn't include in my list was that we actually listened to a uh like attorney breaking down the court cases on the way home from palm springs today it was and i was like what am i listening i'm listening to an attorney like where am i in my life (laughs) yeah you need to Click zoom out on the Excel sheet a little bit, a couple times. Yeah. Um, what's something you learned recently or that you're learning about that's just catching your attention? 
Well, now I, I, I was, the, when you first said that, the first thing I was going to talk about, I was going to say like, well, democracy is really fragile and we're in a really gnarly time. But now that you made the president, now that you made the president comment that I can't do that. Um, there's this, um, there's this line from Naval Ravikant, who's the uh, founder and CEO of AngelList. He's like a prominent angel investor and like a philosopher. And, and uh, I look up to him and, and read his book recently. And he said this, he said, uh, a fit body, a calm mind, a house full of love. These are things that can't be bought and they must be earned. And I thought, I've been thinking a lot about that quote and like, oh what, am, what am I working hard on? What am I really trying to earn? And I think, I just think that's an important principle to like start off our conversation. It's going to be a lot about money. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the most important context is like, yeah, and money is not the best thing. It's, it's, it's not the most rewarding. It's like fit body, fit mind, house full of love, relationships, that stuff's most important. So I think uh, I've been thinking about that line a lot. Tyler, will you send that to me after? That's so lovely. Yeah, I, to- I totally will. My What I'm learning other than how to not get into a sex cult is that- And how are you doing at that, by the way? It's not working. <laughs> Which, um, which leads me to our next guest. Um. <laughs> which is why we're here today to ask for your money. This podcast is not about money. It's asking for money. Um, no. So anyway, what, I, what I'm learning is, what am I learning lately? This is, this is much, this is way more shallow than where you're at. But what, since I'm relaunching this podcast, I'm trying to figure out how to market it without being annoying, which is really interesting. Yeah. Like, I've obviously been in marketing my whole life so far. And that balance normally comes with something when you do it enough. But this is so new that I'm just relearning how to not bother people, but want to share something that I'm working on. Uh, it's really weird. That is the hardest freaking balance. And I don't think, I don't think you're alone in that. Like if you think about like right now, most everyone is turning into a brand, right? Mm-hmm. And creating some type of content. It's the new, like you used to go and travel to conferences, but now like the more scalable way to build a network and influence and um, career is like you write things down or you have a podcast or like you're building a brand. And like, yeah. it's kind of weird because everyone is trying to do that right now. And so how do you cut through the noise? And um, people want brands and people that are authentic, right? And if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you huck it too much, if you talk about it too much, then you lose that authenticity. So yeah, I wish I had any, I don't have any kind of answers or solutions. I'm just like, I bet a lot of people are wrestling with that these days. I get you. Um, lost. Where are you, you go, stuck? You go, you go first. I, I did. I went first the last two. Where are you okay, stuck? Okay. Where am I stuck? I feel stuck in, I'm in, I'm in just like a health rut. I feel like I, I can't, figure out what is like healthy for me to do for like my physical health, not like mental health or emotional health. I, there's so much out there about like, Oh, you don't need to do cardio or you should do cardio or you should be keto or you should be blah, blah, blah. And I tear that shit up. I just love reading that stuff, but it just keeps me in this weird floaty mentality of never knowing what's right. Um, so that's where I feel stuck and I'm excited because I'm going to have some people on the podcast that I think can help with that. Um, but yeah, it's just been, it's been weird that that's a tough spot for me right now. Yeah. 
like maybe even over-engineering it or like over-complicating it. It seems like you consume so much in that space. You consume so much that you're like, okay, well, what is right for me? Totally. Where are you feeling stuck, T? Can I do a silly one and then like a real one? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. My silly, my shallow one is um, I recently bought um, a weightlifting rack, like a squat rack for my home gym. Everyone's doing it right. I saw like you and Cammy have this beautiful um, gym you're building out. And I was like, okay, cool. Do some quick math. Like, gym memberships are 70 to hundred bucks a month. You can just like build your own. And after a few years, like it's more than paid off. So mm-hmm. I think that's why everyone's doing it. Um, and so I bought this thing, but gym equipment is so in demand you that you like can't, you can hardly find anything. So I was able to buy the rack buy the bar and I haven't been able to buy weights. You know, those plates that actually oh go on to actually help you build the muscles. This was I, us I beginning of quarantine where you cannot find them. So I'm, I'm so stuck. I'm like perfectly stuck. I have all this ready to go. I have the bar and I have no weights. I'm so stuck. Um, that sucks. Yeah. So that totally stinks. Um, but on a more like um, a less shallow one, I guess would be like optionality and where to live. Mm-hmm. This was never a question that any of us had to wrestle with. Right. It was like, yeah. what do you mean? I, I live in San Francisco because I work in San Francisco or I live in LA because I work in LA. Um, but things are becoming more fluid and more flexible. And um, even for my job and my team, I'm like trying to wrestle with like, wow, where do I want to be in five years? Do I want to be in this city? Do I, for me, it's like Northern California or Southern California, or do I want to try out like a Montana or Colorado and get out there and go through the seasons? And like, you know, I go and I visit with family and they're like, so what's the plan? And I'm like, I don't know the plan. (laughs) That feels so weird. No, you tell me what's the plan. (laughs) <laughs> totally, totally. So like, yeah, it's just never been a question you've been able to ask yourself. So yeah. um, I, I feel stuck on like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to end up and what kind of apartment or house or city or rural or even what state. So I spend some time thinking about that. But it seems like the more time I spend on it, I, I don't seem to make any more progress. Um, yeah, but stuck for sure. God, yeah, I see. So what I didn't really think through about this new idea of this love, learn, lost is that we're just that. I don't know what to tell you about you being stuck and I don't know what to, <laughs> what to tell me. I think yeah. it's, but I think that's kind of nice. It's just like, okay, well, we'll figure that out. But today's episode is not about either of those things. Totally. You know what? It seems like it could be like, um, the backlog for future episodes where like, you'll just gather information of like, Oh, cool. Like this would be another one that someone else can help solve, but like, we're not going to solve this for each other. Totally. And why I wanted to kick off kind of having guests on this podcast with money is that I think money is so scary for so many people. They don't know where to go. Um, there's so much information about it, but they, people can never find what they're looking for. Or it's kind of, you know, the same thing with my health stuff. It's like, I'll look up 40 articles and still not know where to start. Um, but money gives freedom in a lot of ways and it helps you get unstuck in a lot of ways. Of course, it's not the answer, but it can help in finding answers, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think you said it right. That like, money won't buy happiness, but money buys freedom. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, it's up to you and me to turn that freedom into happiness. You know, there's a lot of people who are like free, but not happy. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of people that can skip the money step altogether and be like, "Eh, regardless of my financial situation, I've found happiness with curiosity, passions, learning, becoming competent in something. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of other ways to happiness. I, I view it as like money will get us freedom. And then we should be able to turn that freedom 
we have to be productive individuals and build relationships and serve people and serve society. And that should help us um, get happy. Totally. Um, let's just hop into it. That was lovely. Um, so I want to actually start with a question that someone sent me, which I thought was a perfect way to kick this off. So I believe her name is either Nime or Neve. It's one of those that I feel like might be spelt, you know, anyway, she said, maybe start by asking Tyler what his relationship is to money and what it was growing up. Just so we have a good, a better idea of the context of where this conversation is coming from. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a like thoughtful question. I know. What, what someone was to start off with. To cash growing up. Um, I was a weird kid. I saved my, um, I saved my allowance when I was like growing up and I, I had this like concept in my head. I was like, Oh, if I, if I don't spend this and I save more, I can get something bigger and better later. Like this idea of sacrifice, like I had pretty early. I don't know how I got that or like mm-hmm. why I did. Um, I always enjoyed the pursuit in like the game and uh, learning about businesses. And from like those early classes, when you um, do the stock trading, mm-hmm. like I did that played along. And then I went to my dad and was like, Hey, can you help me set this up? I just want to learn about it. And I want to get involved. Um, as you know, I'm not a, um, I'm not a consumer of things. I don't mm-hmm. like to purchase much. And um the actual things that money can buy, I, I don't take much interest in, but the sport itself, I'm like very interested in for some reason. And I think, mm. um, I think I'm just lucky in that way. There's been many things in my life that I'm, I think I just fell in good timing, fell into the r- right place, right time, a lot of luck involved in everything uh, in my life. But the, the luckiest thing I think for me is just having an interest in something that makes you money. Um, I didn't come from well, just like mi- middle-class family and didn't come from it. Didn't have parents who were investors or, or much involved in real estate or anything like that. I just took an interest from a, from a really young age. Mm-hmm. And my experiences probably couldn't be uh, more different. I am a spender. I'll buy anything. Um, Tyler made a joke. If you could see behind me right now, our couch is really messy. It's full of literally just like shit in our office layers like layers of amazon boxes it's like candles and like body scrubs and just like like i just love to buy shit and i've been like that my whole life and the best way that i can the where i think this came from is i remember growing up if i couldn't decide what i wanted to eat my mom would always just say just get both just get both so that you can have a little bit of that and a little bit of that. And I'm like, well, and my dad would always be Dina, like that's a little wasteful, but my mom's like, no, no, no. We want Taryn to have what she wants. And that is such an incredibly privileged, unrelatable place to come from. And I completely understand that. Um, but that just brought like tonight I asked Cam, do you want to order food from this restaurant? And it's like this, like bougie ass restaurant that you, we go to for our anniversary. And it's like, you don't do that on a Tuesday, but I'm just so accustomed to just spending money, which is what was so interesting to me when you and I became friends, because, you know, you don't spend any money. Like you are so careful with your money and I envy parts of that. And I also don't want that. Like, I don't want to just never spend money. And I, and I don't want to like, I love, I like to buy myself nice things. So I do that, but you taught me so much, which I hope we'll get into now is like, you taught me so much about just the importance of setting yourself up for financial success 
even just financial like basics that I think so many people and unfortunately so many women are just so scared to even dip their toes into. And I don't know, where do you, where do you think that comes from that? Like people are scared of it. And then maybe why, why does it seem like so male dominated? Wow. Yeah. Um, before I directly answer that question, your, yeah. the quote from your mom made me think of like what my mom used to do growing up. And this isn't a judgment and there is no right or wrong with money. There's not like a right way to go about it. Um, I remember my mom saying like when my a sibling would want to buy something, she'd say, here's the deal. Think about it for three days. And if you still want to buy it, we'll go back and I'll like take you to the store. And then of course, three days later, you're like 10 years old. You don't like actually yeah. want shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, just hearing, hearing that story made me reflect on that. That I was like, oh, maybe that's like where, where some of this came from. Maybe I should give my mom some, some credit for some of yeah. that. Yeah. Homegirl um, helped out. Let's go joy. Go joy. Um, why do people feel stuck? Um, I think one of like the biggest shames of, about um, our education system, there's a lot wrong there clearly, but like, can you believe that none of us are taught this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like you go to school and you learn history and literature and uh, calculus and statistics, all those things that are important. I'm like not knocking those things. Like we have to be well-rounded individuals and know that. But how in the heck did we end up with a system that doesn't teach you about investing money, mm-hmm. saving money, how to do your taxes? And I'll expand a little more, but like taking this even further, decision-making frameworks, how to resolve conflict, how to influence others and sell your idea. Like these are things that should be in the educational system that are not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's that combined with just like icky general cultural ickiness around money that like, you're not supposed to talk about how much you make and how you make it and how you came, came into wealth or how you lost your money. Like money's just an, an icky topic. So I yeah. think you add those two things together and a lot of people look up and they're like, yo, Taryn, like, I do not even know how to manage a budget or what I, what I take in or what I spend. And can you help me out? I think those are two of the reasons that we're in this position. Totally. Most people think, okay, if I get my paycheck, I should just save it. I'll spend what I have to spend and then I'll just save some money on the side. And that is me trying to have financial freedom or like be good about my money. What do you think about that approach and how would you recommend someone else or another way to think about it? Right. So I think I'll start with like the most basic principle, the 101. If I could only give one piece of advice, it's this. The way that you change your financial situation and create um, next level wealth or even like generational wealth um, is you have to earn money while you sleep. You have to own assets that produce more money for you. Um, trading your time for a salary, there, there are very few stories of folks who have gotten to that financial freedom that you and I have been talking about by having a job, hourly job, annual salary job, and just kind of work in the day-to-day grind. And then all of a sudden they look up and they have like, you know, $5 million or, you know, can spend their time however they want. That's Mm -hmm. not how the game works. The way the game works is um, you have to pay yourself first. That's like the most common concept in in investment 101 is you need to take as much money as, as you can possibly save. And we're all in different positions and can do different amounts of that with a paycheck. Sometimes we have periods where we can't do that at all. Other times we can, but, um, you want to take that money and instead of just putting it in a bank account, you want to turn it into assets that help you earn more money. Things like stocks, you know, that pay dividends or bonds or real estate or percentage ownership in a startup or a business. Those are 
assets. Those are things that like while you're sleeping will appreciate and earn more over time. Um, and, and that's really, that's really the key to getting, getting out of the, you know, getting out of the trenches, you know, and, and doing the, the day-to-day grind is you've got to, you've got to pay yourself first. And that means when you get your paycheck, instead of going to Nordstrom's or Amazon and buying things from other people who you're paying, pay yourself first, take that 20%, take the hundred dollars a month or $200 a month and put it into something that is an asset that will help you create more money, right? Buy one share of Apple because they're, creating tons of phones, selling lots of phones, going up in market cap. They're, they're, they're turning your dollar into more revenue. Be a part of that um, and try and jump the fence and get over to that side and into the system. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And I think this will be perfect little push into this. Polly asked, this is a real person, by the way. I'm not just like making up things. Uh, Polly said, <laughs> how do normal people invest? I save a thousand pounds a month. I have done that for years, but I don't know what to do with it. So- what would you tell Polly? Yeah, so um, the concept in, of investing that you need to be familiar with is like risk and reward. The more re- risk that you take, the higher your chances of reward and getting an, an outsized outcome. So um, do a little visual. I guess this isn't a video podcast, but like on the far left hand side is your bank account, where like you earn hardly any interest or you know 0.1 percent interest each year, but because of inflation you know, milk costs two or 3% more every single year, you're actually losing money. Any money that sits in a bank account is actually becoming less every year because you can buy less with it. So that, that's like no- savings included. So when people savings. are like putting, so pause to say what I used to think was like savings is the whole point. You're supposed to have a bunch of money in your savings. I need to have a million dollars in my savings to go buy a house or something like that, which you're saying is not the case is not yeah, it's actually not is actually not healthy and 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 not the, not the best approach. Um, so let me explain the the risk framework first, and then I'll provide like a one hundred and one on like what I would advise my best friend do if they're just getting started. Perfect. So on the far left hand side would be like your bank account, right? You have your five thousand, your ten thousand dollars in your bank account, um, but it's not earning, it's not doing anything for you, it's not creating more money. So a little bit right of the bank account might be like bonds, government yields that earn one or 2% per year, right? You give the government your money and they say, hey, after 30 years, we'll pay you back. It'll be 1%. It's a little bit more than a bank, a little bit riskier because the government has to stay the government um, for you to get your money, but you could do that. Okay, a little bit further right would be like stocks and maybe maybe index funds, let's call it. Um, that's where you're buying um, a share of all of the companies that make up, let's say the S&P 500, which is the 500 you know, large public companies. Um, so, you, so you're you're investing, you're investing in all of those companies at the same time. And on average, you know, you can go back historically, but they tend to earn six, seven percent per year. So a little bit riskier um, than bonds, but you've got your your index funds. Okay, a little bit more risky than that is you could start picking individual stocks, right? And you can, you know, but even the professionals don't do a great job doing that and have trouble even beating the market in the index fund. So you want to be careful about that. Um, Okay, as you get even further to the right, maybe there'd be real estate, maybe you can find eight to 10% per year returns in real estate, but you've got to do a lot of work, it's risky, you can have your renter stop paying, there's a lot of risk there, which is why you make more than just a bond or, or stocks typically. Um, and then on the far right hand side would be like betting on the Super Bowl or, you know, playing roulette, which you and I do sometimes in Vegas, right, where you're like, well, there's a 50% chance I double my money and there's a 50% chance I lose it all. So like, that's the spectrum. The advice that I give to folks is have about six months of savings ready to go in your bank account in case you, 
lose your gig or something happens to your house or you have a big expense or a medical bill, you, you always want to feel like you have the cash to pay for that stuff. So have six months in your bank account, either a checking account or a savings account. Anything after that, anything that you can save or earn should go into some of those investments. And, and I would mostly recommend um, index funds. Maybe you're picking two or three stocks, companies that you just want to follow, right? Because I think it's also a good thing to just learn about how do companies produce revenue? What do they spend? Maybe there's companies you like, like an Apple or a Microsoft that you just want to follow along. Um, so once you've got your index fund portfolio set up, um, then you can move on to some, some stocks. So how let's, let's kind of break down into each of those. Let's start with saving any tips, any strategies, anything that you have on the top of your head, other than just not being a spender, which some people like me, that just doesn't work, um, that you recommend to help get you that six months of cash in your savings. Yeah. There's this guy named, uh, Ramit, which, uh, and he, and he has a book called, I will teach you to be rich. It's a very simple one-on-one that, that probably covers most of the things I'll, I'll try to talk about today. It's been a couple of years since I've read the book, but I, I give it to a lot of friends and, and family members. It's a good one-on-one, but he has this philosophy that, that stuck with me. Um, and the philosophy was pinch pennies on anything that doesn't really matter to you all that much. Just don't spend money on it. Toilet, like if it's a certain, you know, paper towels or toothpaste or <clears throat> a toaster, just like save as, save as much money as you can Buy the, buy the cheap thing. It doesn't really matter. And each of us have like one, two, three things that we really love that we really enjoy. Get the nice thing, treat yourself. Life's too short. You don't want to like have this miserable life and be like, Hey Tyler, this is great. I've saved, I've saved money for 12 months and now I've got my $15,000 saved up, but I had a shitty year and I didn't buy myself or do anything nice. For, like, come on, there's got to be some balance. So I think that philosophy and approach is really nice. For me, it's like hockey. I'm going to buy myself nice skates. I'm going to buy myself a nice stick. Um, it's my hobby. It's like what I really like. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to get the quality thing. Um, but if it's not that, if I don't really care about it, I'm going to try and save as much money as I'm going to get the cheapest toothpaste, the cheapest soap, the cheapest that. Um, so that's one tip that, that mm. comes to mind in terms of um, trying to get that balance to, to be a certain level or goal. What comes I, to mind for you? Does anything come to mind for you on like how you've been able to set some bucks aside? No, like when I originally was looking into budgeting techniques when I was like in college, cause I was just flying money off the shelves. I was like, I heard of the whole idea of putting, you know, allowances in taking cash out, putting allowances into envelopes and having that be all that you can spend in the month. So I'm going to allow myself to spend $200 on food this month, $300 on entertainment and fun dates and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that doesn't really work in today's society. Like cash is kind of hard to play with. Gone. So yeah. then you have to move to some sort of digital solution, which there are so many tools out there. There are things like Mint and I don't know. I clearly don't use budgeting software, but there's things like Mint. <laughs> like Mint and other budgeting software. And Basil. <laughs> um, uh, that was so stupid. But you know what I mean? There, there are ways that you can track your spending. I've never found that those things are manageable for me personally. Um, I have friends that use like really simple spreadsheets and the, I, for whatever reason, that stuff just doesn't work. What I've found the most calm in is knowing that my money is working for me, uh, which we can move into what, well, pause on that. I want to say about saving, um, how, 
I don't know, any advice on how to decide what really matters versus what doesn't? Because if with your advice of saying, hey, maybe, you know, if you really love nice coffee, you'd let yourself go get a nice coffee every day. I could probably stretch that to a, quite a few areas. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. I don't have a, I don't have a stellar answer for it. I would just say like, ask yourself the hard questions, try and limit it to two or three things that you're going to treat yourself on in a given period and, and see how that works out. And then ultimately it's, it, it just becomes trade-offs, right? You have to ask yourself, how important is this goal to me? What am I really going after? Do I care more about getting nicer socks and sneakers and coffee in this car? Or do I really want to hit that $20,000 savings goal because X, Y, or Z, you know? Um, totally. But yeah, it definitely falls apart, Taryn, if, if um, everything becomes the priority, right? Totally. Um, it, it just won't work. Another question on saving from Chloe Nayak. She said, I'm 20. I really want to start saving, but I still want to travel. Uh, what do I do? So what, any thoughts on how to, you know, if, if you're saving your six months of expenses or whatever, and then the rest you're investing, where, how do you make room for planned large expenses like that? Mm -hmm. One thing that you could do is um, set a goal for yourself. That's like, Hey, once I save X amount of money, I'll have worked hard enough. I'll have done the budgeting. I'll have done the planning that I'll deserve that vacation. And I'm not going to buy my ticket until I'm able to like hit this target. Mm -hmm. That's probably how I would approach it. Um, and then even when you go to do the travel to, to bring it back to Ramit's philosophy, like what about the travel matters to you? Maybe flying first class is like, you want to treat yourself and you want to do it. Or maybe you should like, you know, look at the deal saving sites and the kayaks and like try and buy the cheapest flight, cheapest hotel, but you want to buy the nicest food when you're there. I think like it all comes down to the advice would be like prioritization. Like everything can't be important, even for the one travel trip, right? Like you could say, Hey, the one way I'm going to treat myself is I'm going to travel. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. Or you could say like, wait, what do I really enjoy about traveling? Is it the activities we're going to do? Is it the food? Is it how we get there? Is it where I sleep? Just like ask yourself those hard questions, do some critical thinking and um, instead of it being a $3,000 vacation, see if you can do it for 2000. Awesome. So I've got my money. I've got my, my savings. I've got some money that I'm saving and working up towards for my big vacation. Don't know where we're going, but we're saving up for it. How yeah. let's move into investments. So say I have a small, but a reliable paycheck that's coming. I don't have too much extra that I'm not throwing into savings. Let's call it I don't even, let's even say 200 bucks a month. You have $200 a month. How do I get that to be working for me while I'm sleeping? I think the, the place I would probably start is index funds, in my view, are the right risk reward balance for someone who's just getting started. Just saying, hey, I'm not ready to pick companies. I also don't want my money just sitting in my bank. I'm just going to invest in U.S. companies, you know, like a Vanguard index fund would be an example of that, something that like matches the S&P 500. Um, there's a great app that I think both you and I use on this, Taryn, called Wealthfront. Mm -hmm. um, now, it's true. Um, you could go to like, you know, if you have an account with Wells Fargo or Chase, you could call them up and say, I'd like to buy an index fund. I'm sure they have brokerage accounts. Um that are very low to no cost where you could just buy an index fund in your banking app or your banking with who you bank with. Um, I tend to like 
like Wealthfront because it's just nice UX. It's like a nice UI, a nice experience, nice design. It packages the info well. Um, and what Wealthfront does is they actually take your money. They ask you a couple of questions about your risk uh, profile and they invest it for you in a diversified portfolio. It's primarily index funds, but it's index funds across emerging markets, the US. They buy some natural resources for you, like you know some corn and wheat and things like that, um, some bonds as well. And they just diversify it for you. It's pretty heavily weighted towards index funds and it costs very little uh, to do that. Your typical financial advisor, if you went to a professional would cost you about 1% per year. And I think they charge 0.25% per year mm -hmm. to use the app on any money that you spend. So if it's a thousand bucks, what is that? $25? Am I doing that math right? For them to do that. Um, but I think your first five or $15,000 even is managed for free. So mm -hmm. I would probably just go to Wealthfront. I've recommended it to, I, I probably have 15 folks who have um, signed up, you know, after conversations with me. So um, I'd probably start at Wealthfront. As do I. And, and that was like the, I think that was the first thing that I did to start, you know, making my money work for me. Um, and I've gotten some friends on it as well. Cammy's on it now too. Um, and listen, again, this isn't like a Wealthfront commercial, but it, it really makes it easy. And for a lot of people, that feels stuck when it comes to finances. You just want something that works and that just goes. Um, and that's what I think they're called robo advisors, right? Like they're just little yeah. robots that are working with your money and you know, it's, it's pretty dialed in, which is amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's a great place to, to start Pro probably one of the best to start with. Um, so highly recommend describe like what, how that is working in terms of compound interest, because I don't think people understand what you know, it's not just a different kind of savings. Yeah. So compound interest, Einstein referred to it as like the eighth wonder of the world. Um, and the concept of compound interest is when the money you make from interest makes makes more money with more interest. So um, the, the concept is like, if you, if I loaned you a hundred dollars, Taryn. Ooh, a, let's do the calculator thing. We should. I'll, I'll explain what I do. My, my poor girlfriend, who is also named Taryn, by the way. It's um, confusing. So, so it's, it's going to get confusing. Let's do this. Say you've got $5,000 saved up. So let's put right. $5,000 into our calculators. Let me know when you've got it. Got it. Okay. What I'm going to have you do is multiply that number by 1.07, which would represent a 7% interest rate on that money, which is directionally what happens with index funds and stocks over time. I should add that like in invest, you are not trading. If you're taking my advice, you're not trading. You're not worried about when the market goes up or goes down. This is a 30 year play. That's how you build wealth. It's the buy and hold strategy. Don't invest anything that you're not willing to to see go down for years and years and years. The stock market could, could, could crash, but like we're playing the 30 year game here. I do, I do have to add that. And I wish I said it earlier. Um, okay. So multiply that 5,000 by 1.07 mm -hmm. and you should see $5,350. That's do. your that's the, the gains that you've had is the difference from 5,000 to 5,000. Is that over a year? That's over one year. Okay. But let's, let's hit equals again. And that would be over your second year. And then let's hit this button 25 times, 25 more times to represent what would happen just another 7%. But what you'll see is the 7% is on a larger base every single year. So I'm going to go ahead and hit this button 25 times to represent the next 25 years. Damn. That's some cash. Okay. Now here's the big thing. Did we even end up with the same number? I'm at $31,069. Me you? too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We did it. Awesome. If you're playing along at home. Um, <laughs> anyways, 
this this shows you the, the power of compound interest, right? That's if you started with five thousand dollars, twenty five or what, what that would have been twenty seven years later. I can't remember how many times you pushed the button to start. You've got thirty one thousand dollars. So if you're a terrible boyfriend like me, and your girlfriend asks you for a vacation to Mexico, and you pull out your calculator and you're like, "Well, would you rather have this trip to Mexico, or would you rather have thirty one thousand dollars in the future?" Um, then you get a little taste of what it's like to be in a relationship with me. Um, <laughs> So um, th that's, the, that's the power of compound interest. Again, that's just with $5,000. Now, you can imagine what happens if you add on to that $300 a month, right? Or whatever you can contribute on top of that. And, and that's the really important uh, concept of compound interest. I'm glad you brought it up because that is, that is the game. That's how it works. So you can imagine, you could kind of play around with it and be like, well, what if I invested in real estate and could get 9% returns? Or what if I only put it in bonds and got 2%? You can start to play around and you'll, you'll see that... Um, you know, there's that, there's the Chinese proverb, um, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next mm. best time to plant a tree is, is today. Um, there's something like that. I hope I didn't butcher that quote, but, um, I love it regardless. The, you're, the, you're a philosopher, the, the, Tyler. No, that's the most important thing is, is get started now, just get started right away because that gets compounding going in your favor. Um, and, and yeah, we really want that for you. Totally. So, We've got our savings. We've got our little side savings going to our vacation um, or to like our house or whatever it is we're saving for. We've got our little side pot. We've got our safe compound interest vibes, right? Like our, our wealth front or something that is like your ETFs or your bonds or whatever, which to be honest, everyone listening, you can tell, I don't know what I'm saying. That's because I really don't think about this stuff. I just set it up and then I moved on. And that I think is the goal here. Totally. And right. even, first of all, you sound great. You're, you're saying every, everything you've said is true and helpful. Thanks. Um, Wealthfront has these easy things where you can like, you know, it's a sleek, sexy app. You could swipe up to put a hundred dollars in. You can you know, you can add it. So, Hey, automatically put in $50 a week. Like it's got all these things that I think like Wells Fargo and Chase and all of them are just like a little bit behind, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of user experience. Um, so that, yeah, that's why, uh, I think that app would be a good starting point. So then we've got folks saying, I want to find a tool that's going to help me pick stocks. So they hear people say, I, you know, I invest in Apple, I invest in Facebook, blah, blah, blah. What's your, walk me through that. If I want to get started in the individual stock game, I would say it's the right thing to do. If it's going to help you learn about companies, follow them a little closer. Um, if, if you'll read more about company performance, um, those are the reasons to do that. To think that you can outperform the market is like pretty dangerous territory because even the career professionals, like, you know, what do you mean by outperform do that. the market? Meaning um, if an index fund, an index fund is betting on all the companies together. So there's some that do really well. There's some that go bankrupt, but it smooths out over time for you. If you think that you can pick companies and perform better than an index fund would, because you're like, oh no, I'm going to pick more of the winners and less of the losers. Mm -hmm. That's pretty dangerous territory. Even for people like me, I'm not even a professional, but like I think about this, I read about it a lot and I don't, I'm, I'm, I know that I'm not even going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so professionals really can't outperform the market. The benefits are in learning and education. Maybe you get lucky, right? Maybe you find the next Shopify or find the next Amazon or Tesla and you, you get some outsized, ridiculous 15X or 20X return on your money. 
um, that can happen, but like, don't bet on it. It's not, it's not the reason to do it. It would be more educational if you want to do that. And again, I, I'm sounding like it's negative. I, I recommend you do it. Just be in it for the right reasons. Don't invest anything in a stock that you're not willing to see go, go away completely. Um, oh my and- God. That just made me think because you said, don't invest something that you're not afraid that it would go or that you're not scared to lose. I, I had had some hits on, on my individual stock picking that I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm a star. Like yeah, I'm Netflix making, to the moon, baby. Here I, we go. I invested in Amazon and Netflix. Those were the first two things I invested in. And I was like, yeah. this is easy. Like easy money. I am <laughs> lying. Uh, and then I played around with some, some more, and then I did like zoom and, you know, things that I, you know, I think were pretty good moves. And then I tried to get into like the, the weed game and the marijuana game. And mm. I, I, I put some, I put a little chunk into some random weed stock that I just did not even look into. And then the next day it was like down to cents. And I was like, Ooh, and you know, for, because I had heard you talk about the fact that like, I, I didn't put that money in thinking that like, Oh, I need this. I need this to go well. It was like, I'm curious and I want to start looking into, into weed stocks and, you know, just see what happens. So it was worth it for me to like make a mistake and be like, Ooh, I should not have done that. Totally. Yeah. The losses are, are just as important. One of my really bad ones was, um, I, I thought uh, 3d printing was going to be a big deal. 2013, uh, I invested in this company, 3D Systems, at about $28. It shot up in 2014 to $90. I was like, wow, oh, tripled yeah. my money. And then it, in 2015, it was down to $13. Um, so just like such a ride. That was, that, was one of my, that was one of my worst bets. I want to, if you're down, I'd love to give people a picture of what your portfolio looks like now. Like, would you mind sharing where, what you, what your, not what your investments are in, but kind of like what your little, what your pie looks like in terms of where your money goes. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the simple pie would be, um, let's call it like 50% real estate. I've been, um, again, I started with index funds. I started just like the same path I'm saying, like start with index funds. And I started taking some stocks. Then I read a couple of books, um, rich dad, poor dad, and uh, about getting into real estate. Um, and so this is like buying um, single family homes, duplexes. Um, I had a belief, uh, this was about nine years ago, that Austin was going to take off. I just like saw people moving there and um, partnered with my brother and sister and, and bought a couple of little rental places down in Austin. Um, so I've been very fortunate there. So anyways, real estate, real estate investing um, is about 50%. Um, and then out of the other 50%, it's probably, you know, maybe half of that is index funds. And the other half of that is individual picking stocks. Um, and then I've also been trying to learn about um, uh, uh, investing in startup companies. So maybe there's a couple percentage points there that are like, hey, I want to you know, want to be involved in the future and learn about what's coming next and what new things in healthcare or um you know, climate change, what are, what are they going to be the innovations? I just want to meet those people and, and get to know those founders and, and see more business models. So I'm doing a little bit of startup investing, but that stuff will take eight to 10 years to know if I'm like doing a decent job at it, or if I just lost all my money. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's the cycle of these types of businesses. Um, and then I've been playing around with like learning more about loans where you 
become the bank almost, or you do like private lending where if someone's going to build a home or remodel one of their homes, instead of doing that work myself, I'll just lend the people that money at a certain interest rate, right? Maybe I can get or 5% for other people. Maybe I can cover other people's mortgage. Then I don't deal with the hassle of um, doing the like rehab and the real estate work myself. I'm just like wiring money and they're wiring back money with interest on top of it. So um, that's another revenue stream that I've started doing this year. And if that, if you sit there and go, whoa, that guy's doing a lot. He was not doing this like, what, 10 years ago or something like. Yeah. It all probably started nine, 10 years ago is when I just got started. And, um, and I didn't get started with much either. Um, yeah. The, the, the way I got started, maybe I could tell, actually let's tie this back to the glee thing. Um, I was, it all comes back. It all, it all comes back to Glee. No, before Glee, when I was in high school, the, the way that I really got interested in this was um, I did a couple of commercials. I, I did some of the like little child acting, no, no major roles or anything like that, but like, you know, being a commercial here or there. And when you're 15 years old, I think I came into like, um, yeah, maybe it was like $35,000 or something like that, that I made in a year. But like when you're 15, you don't have any expenses, right? You're like, holy shit. That's like, yeah, that's some, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I, bought a truck to get me to and from work or work to and from school. Um, and then after that, I had like, you know, maybe $15,000 left over or, or $20,000. And, and then I started reading and I said, okay, what do I, what do I do with this? There's nothing I want. Um, and that's when I started reading books like rich dad, poor dad, or, um, books about, you know, yeah, rehabbing and flipping homes and, um, investing in stocks. I just like really liked reading about that stuff. And and so, yeah, all in the last maybe nine years or so. Dude, that's so cool, Tyler. Oh, it's, and I can tell you, honestly, like I felt very, very lost. I was living in a home with, this was probably four years ago. I was making a pretty good, an okay salary. I, I, my parents had always had my back if I needed anything with money. Like I came from this very privileged situation And I want, I just, I, when I would like look on Pinterest and stuff, I pictured myself having this like perfect big house life and just all this stuff. And I started being like, how am I ever going to get there? Like with my salary, with my salary, I will never get there. And I was living in the house with you and our two other best guy friends And these guys are just like investing money. And I just like let it slip over my head because I was like, it's just too much to think about. I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm just going to keep trying to save my little salary and make it work and blah, blah, blah. And you guys, something about watching you guys like play with stocks and talk about like where you invest your money. I was like, okay, well maybe I'll, maybe I'll dip my toe into that and just working with you and learning about it and stuff. I just feel so much better. Like so little of my money is sat in my savings right now. And so much of it every day is working for me and is just growing and growing. And I'll check those. I, when I first started investing, I would check Wealthfront and Robinhood and like all those accounts so often. And I'd be like, why is it not growing? Like, why did I only get 200 more dollars or I just thought I, I expected it to be this big boom. Um, but now when I check back, I'm like, oh my God, like that would have just been sitting there in my savings. And now it's thousands of dollars more than what it was. Yeah. And it becomes fun. It becomes fun to check. Right. Mm-hmm. And like 
it's, it, you don't get to just double your money. That doesn't like happen, right? Um, if it were that easy, everyone would be doing it. It's small compounding growth over time. It's a couple percent here or there, but if you just add up year after year after year, putting more money in and letting that compound interest um, play the game, then, then you're in a good spot. And to bring it back to, if I can really quickly to like what we were talking about at the very start of the podcast, I don't know yeah. if we're like near nearing the yeah, end yeah. Or, or whatnot, yeah. um, but I've, I've been very fortunate. I've been very, very blessed. I can, I can buy things I want, right? There's not, there's not much I want, but if I wanted it, I could buy it, but I'm no happier. I'm no happier mm. than when you, me, Sean and Tony were living in a two bedroom of, we lived to two bedroom apartment, the four of us probably with significant others. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't buy happiness. It's, it's, um, it's relationships and it's, it's friendships and it's finding meaning in other ways. Um, so oh, very, very, very lucky, very blessed, but you being in my life is, um, one of the best things. Well, then this brings me to my final question. Can I have some money? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just kidding. No, my, my real final question for you would be, um, sum it all up. If you can, for us, I'm somebody that is listening to this podcast. Cause I just don't know where to start. Where do I go tomorrow? What do I do tomorrow to just get some things started for me? Go to Wealthfront. Make sure you have four to six months of savings in your bank account. Pay yourself first on your next paycheck. Make sure the first thing you buy is assets in the form of index funds or stocks or something like that. Um, limit yourself on items that don't really matter to you. Figure out what is really important to you and make sure that you have the flexibility to um, buy yourself something nice in those arenas. I don't spend, by the way, more than, I, I spend hours a day reading about markets and what's happening and assets and what companies are producing and not producing hours. But like the amount of time I actually spend managing my finances and my budget and making trades and decisions, 30 minutes a month. Mm-hmm. I don't do the mint. I don't do the the budgeting apps. I just open up a spreadsheet. What did I take in this month? What did I spend? That's it. Do some thinking about that. Like I, I don't, I don't have it cut by this much on restaurants, this much on dining, this much on groceries, just like, no, oh, am I, am I, am I, what am I bringing in and, and what am I spending? And then the last thing, if I could add one more thing, Taryn, um, I think the key is to live below your means and you'll feel rich and wealthy every day of your life. A lot of people, when they get promotions, they scale their spending and their lifestyle in line with promotions. So you're making 50K, here's my spending. Okay, now I'm making 90K. Now I'm spending this. Now I'm making 150K. Now I'm spending that. Now I'm making 200K. Now, and, and the lifestyle just goes up you're at the same rate. You're literally explaining my life. Keep going. What happens right. once I make a million? <laughs> then you're spending $970,000 and you don't yeah. feel rich. You don't feel free, right? And so what I tell people, it's a little counterintuitive, but when I get a promotion and, or when I try to, when I get that raise, I actually go look at my life and I audit for where I can cut something. How can I spend a little bit less now that I'm making a little bit more? How can I actually make the Delta go up? Because like, I feel like I'm buying freedom in that way. If I do that and I buy more assets, um, I'll, I'll buy more eventual freedom, which will give me more time um, to build relationships and find happiness. So um, yeah, if you get a promotion, if you get a raise, which you will get them, wage growth goes up over time for most people, for different people at different rates, but like your rate, your, your wages will go up as they do. Instead of saying, what, what can I now buy that I didn't used to afford? 
see if like, hey, how can I limit my spending 10% along with this 10% raise? Because then you just gave yourself a 20% raise. Dude, that's what's up, T. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope so this cute. was helpful. Are you kidding me? I feel like I'm going to go look at all my stuff again right now and make sure because I'm certainly not like I'm doing good, you know, but I am spending too much. So I do need to reel it in because yeah. it's the same thing. Like when I started working for Microsoft, it's like I got a raise. And then when I started doing some like side gigs, I was making more money than I've ever made. But then I was like, oh, my God, I can buy the sauna blanket. I can buy this sauna blanket, which is what I just did yesterday. I bought a $500 sauna blanket. Okay, Tyler. So that's where I'm at. So it's very useful for me to hear this kind of stuff, even though my money be working for me, you know? Yeah, totally. And you know what? I probably need a little bit more of the, uh, the Terran stuff in my life too, you know, just like, okay, you probably need to pull back. I probably need to spend a little bit more and treat myself and, and, and making sure I'm treating others. Uh, around me right so I have an idea I have an idea why don't you send me some money (laughs) wait and And then I won't spend mine I'll spend yours wow what a concept and then you're spending more and I'm spending less everybody wins (laughs) look at that I love that for me okay you know my Venmo um I do Tyler how can people follow up with you if they want to ask you questions, if they want to see what you're up to, if they want to see what you're learning, where, where are you at in the world? I'm three places. Um, Twitter, I'm tweet TSP, which is my initials. Um, I'm on email. It's just Tyler Sean Palmer at gmail.com. If that's unsafe, if that's unsafe to give out your email, like you can just bleep that out. If like, no, that's fine. No, I, people have my email. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Say hello. It, it's great. I'm sure like your people are, are good people. I, I know they are. Um, and then I did just start writing, Tara. And I'm, I'm, I started a little blog to talk about what I'm investing in and what I'm learning and what I'm researching. Um, and that's at palmerlandandcapital.com slash blog. There's like a little email newsletter. I, I don't write often. It's like once a month, just like, hey, here's the thing I'm thinking about. One of the posts I'm working on now, which might be interesting to the audience is I was thinking of just going through my stock portfolio, not like the dollar amount, but the percentages of like, I have 12% in UPS and here's why. And I've got 23% in Amazon and here's why just like a one liner on each. Um, So folks want to join that newsletter. It's at yeah. Palmerlandoncapital.com slash blog, which saying that out loud, I'm like, damn, that's a long website. Jeez, Tyler, do you want (laughs) people to go there? We might have to cut that back. Um, no, anyway, anyways, but yeah, just just say hello. I, I love this stuff. I like I I could talk about it all day. So if you want to be like, hey, Tyler, here's my personal situation. What do you recommend? I'm happy to help people out. I so appreciate you. I thank you so much for doing this. I know how much it helped me, and I'm so excited to see how much it helps other people because this was I, I did a Q and A about what where people feel stuck and money is always the top. It's just people feel so lost. Um, so yeah. thank you, Tyler. Thank if, you so much. If you guys was... are sat and listening, just give him a little clap in your heart. You can't see me, but I'm like, I have my hands like very tight to my chest and I'm doing like a little, a little clap in honor of little Tyler, little Tyler guy gets a little clap, like a golf clap, you know? All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, My ask for you is that if you like the episode, please go review it or rate it. Uh, Don't do one and not the other. You're already there. It's might as well click a, click a few type a few, you know? 
Um, you can always find me at the Taryn Arnold on Twitter and Instagram. And I just launched a little Instagram for the pod, which is at stuck with Taryn. And it's fun. It's kind of fun to not think so much about uh, an Instagram account. I'm just kind of posting whatever, and I'm actually really liking it. So follow me there. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see you next week. You are no longer stuck with Taryn Arnold. See ya.